0: Father, please encourage us, uphold us, renew our hope and our affections for you tonight as we consider your rule and your might in face of mortal danger. Please would you help us to understand, Father, and help us to praise you all the more for who you are tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well... Let me begin by asking a question. Have you ever been uh, or ever had a near-death experience? A moment, there was a a flash uh, after which you realized, wow, that was really, really close. Growing up in Brazil means that I've been in a couple of car crashes. That's just how it works down in South America. It's how it is. And there was one in particular that was quite bad, Uh, It was on a motorway. There was lots of spinning around. I remember things went into slow motion. Windows smashed. And we were all fine. We all walked away. Not a scratch on any of us. But if you'd seen the car afterwards, if you'd only seen the car afterwards, you would have thought that whoever was in that car would have been seriously, seriously hurt. Some might have said that it was a miracle that we all walked away from it. And certainly the words with which our family and our friends were expressing their relief and their joy at the news was along the lines of, Thank the Lord, He didn't allow it to be any worse. What do you think of that? That's not dissimilar to the situation that the people of God find themselves in in the psalm they were they're looking on at the kind of the crumpled car the, the death that was not an accident this time but planned by the hands of their enemies for them and while they stand healthy and alive looking on at this car crash they are rejoicing at what the Lord has saved them from have a look at verses one and two If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, they would have swallowed us alive. You see from the title of this psalm that this is a psalm of a sense of King David, the great chosen king of Israel. And you can picture him kind of leading the people in song, rejoicing at these truths. Let Israel now say, that's kind of like the lead singer at the big gig, stadium gig, getting the crowd to sing along. You can hear the joyful roar of the voices joining in if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. Terrible things would have happened. More specifically, we would not be arriving at our destination. We would not be arriving home. Again, you'll see from the title, this is a psalm, of a sense. These are the songs, as Johnny said, that the people of God sing on their pilgrimage, their journey to Jerusalem, the city of God, to worship God fully in festivals and in ceremonies. It's a highlight of the calendar. They long to be there. And we've seen as we look through these Psalms that this journey is a is a mold into which our Christian life today also fits. We are walking in Christ through this life toward the new creation where we'll be with God, perfectly worshiping Him. And sometimes the journey is hard. We joined in with the the singing last Sunday night with one of the songs that expressed their distress, God's people's distress at their enemies. Today, we're joining in with a triumphant tune. This is a song that expresses absolute confidence in the Lord, that He will get them home, even if... There are deadly threats against them. How great is it that the Lord did not allow death, destruction to come to us at the hands of our enemies. Hopefully, by the end of tonight, we'll be able to echo those words. And we'll see that though deadly opposition is real in a physical sense to much of the church in the world today and in the past... Deadly opposition is, as we saw in 1 Peter, and always will be, ultimately, spiritual. And in the same way the Lord protected his pilgrim people, on their way to his city, he will protect us, pilgrim sojourners in our journey home, in our Christian walk to the new creation, where we'll be able to worship him fully, perfectly, joyfully, Death did not overwhelm God's people then. They were not separated from him. And it will not have the final say for God's people now. So, if you're following along uh, with the notes, with the headings, we're into our first uh, heading of two. Without the Lord, death at the hands of our enemies, both physical and spiritual, would have been certain. Look at how um, the people of God describe what their enemies would have done to them. It would have been as if they were swallowed up, verse 3, by the ground or a big creature or something like that. Verses 4 and 5, a flood sweeping away, a torrent, raging waters washing over them. It would have been like drowning, like being hit by a tsunami, violent, unforgiving. The raging waters that come from the anger of those who have risen up against us. And as these pictures kind of build up, we get the sense of overwhelming, certain destruction. What hope is there when the tsunami is about to crash over you? It's horrible. It's a scary thought. It's real danger. It's life-threatening. It seems... Inevitable. Can you imagine that happening to you? Can you imagine that happening to us as a church? Here's the amazing thing. This is why the people of God are rejoicing here. It, It didn't happen. It just didn't. These events have been avoided. And for that, they're so grateful. And it's not, just relief, it's, it's rejoicing, it's singing. Because it wasn't just fate, it wasn't just chance that meant that these horrible things didn't happen. There was a reason, and the reason was the Lord was on our side. And I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? Where can help possibly come from when the ground just opens up from beneath your feet? when the waves are about to crash over you. We are way beyond human capacity for help here. Help can only come from a powerful God who wants to act on your behalf. And guess what? That's exactly what the people of God have and can call upon. Have a look at verse 8, right at the end of the psalm. Our help is in the name of, of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's take a moment to consider who it is that is on our side here. This isn't just any God. This is Yahweh, the maker of heaven and earth. This is the God whose powerful hands made everything that exists, who sustains all that exists on this earth and above, whose power and reign stretch over every galaxy, every realm, every place, every atom. This is the only God. And not only is this God's power and preeminence incomparable, He has said that He is for us. He is for God's people. We thought last week and a few weeks before about what that name means, capital L-O-R-D, Lord, Yahweh, the name God gives for Himself to His people. And that name comes with all sorts of wonderful baggage. It comes with covenant, commitment, relationship, favor, rescue that we see in the book of Exodus. That name solidifies our assurance that this powerful creator God is committed to his people and wants to get them home to be with him. This is who is on our side. And so King David can look back on his life and the times when he was cornered, tired, and yet Saul, his enemy, couldn't find him, and know the Lord was on his side. The people of Israel can look back at the times when they were outnumbered, and yet they won the battle. And the Lord know the Lord was on their side. This is the Lord, God Yahweh, maker of heaven and earth, his commitment to getting his people home has been displayed time and time again. It's amazing to have this God on your side. And the same is still true today. Deadly opposition does come to the church in a physical way. Though we might, uh, might not experience that, so... Sharply here in Scotland today, there are many of our brothers and sisters, God's people, his church, who are in very serious danger, not unlike what's described here. And what is incredible is that if you go and look on a website like Open Doors that, that uh, deals with the persecuted church around the world, you'll see testimonies like this Sam coming up time and time again. One Afghan Believer is quoted on the website saying how we survive daily only God knows he knows because he has been kind to dwell with us the words of the Sam today are true the church survives amidst deadly human threat it is not destroyed God is committed as we think of our global partners some of which are in places which can be extremely violent towards believers. I'm sure they would have some stories along these lines. If it had not been the Lord on our side, we would have been swallowed up. God is on his people's side. He is committed to keeping the church going. It's obvious. Centuries of persecution, and yet the global witness only grows It's amazing. It's evident physically. God is on our side. But remember, that ultimately, opposition is not only physical, but actually, we'll see, it's primarily spiritual. I wish that quote from our um, Afghan brother ended there. He does say more. The rest of it later on reads, but we are tired of all the death around us. Sometimes it seems the church, God's people, don't walk away from the crash. Sometimes it seems the waters do rage over us. And if you're thinking along those lines, those are really, really good questions to be asking just now. What are we to say to that? Well, there are a couple of things um, to say. As we've already noted, deadly persecution is sometimes physical, but it is is always spiritual. In fact, the physical side of persecution is primarily driven by the spiritual side. That's the big problem. With David, his experience, the author of the psalm, he knew some of this. Saul, his big enemy back in the Old Testament, pursued David, and his people and tried to kill them over and over and over again. Saul was also from time to time overcome by an evil spirit. Behind the physical persecution, there was a spiritual reality. Jesus experienced something similar as we've been seeing on Sunday mornings in Mark's account of Jesus' life and in small groups in John's account. People hated Jesus The religious authorities wanted to kill him pretty much from the beginning of his ministry. There was always a physical threat. But as John points out, the devil put it into Judah's heart to betray Jesus. Do you see that as we get further on in the Bible story, our vision of what's truly going on becomes clearer and clearer. Johnny read from 1 Peter 5, as Peter, one of, the, one of Jesus' apostles, described this opposition, the image used of Satan, the head of the arrow, the point of the arrow, as far as his opposition is concerned, the enemy is that of a lion, hungry, waiting to devour, to kill. That's the reality. That's the real danger. And that image is somewhat mirrored in our psalm. Have a look at verse 6. There are predator's teeth to be wary of. Spiritual opposition is the disease. Deadly threats are one of the symptoms that come with that. And we need to remember that this is real stuff. Satan is real and he is a powerful liar. And he wants to defy God. He wants to rip into God's people with his teeth. He wants the church, us, to be destroyed for witness to stop, for conversions to stop, for assurance to disappear. He wants people to die not only physically, but eternally. For them to be eternally separated from God. Satan's goal is ultimately eternal death. This is how he wants to swallow up God's people. These are the big waves. And here's where we have cause to rejoice. If it were not for God's intervention, if he was not on our side, then surely he would have succeeded. Maybe you're beginning to see now how the our Afghan brother in the Afghan church can sing this psalm joyfully as it is to be sung, even with all the physical death around them. David and the people of God, they didn't know exactly how this problem was to be solved, but they trusted that Yahweh God knew what he was doing. He was going to get them home to be with him eternally. They had experienced it enough in this physical life, to know that that would be true eternally. David, in another psalm, expresses this hope. He he knows that his soul will not be abandoned to Sheol, to the depths of death. We learned this morning in Mark's uh, gospel from the Old Testament that God is not the God of the dead, but God of the living. That is taught in the Old Testament. Today we are privileged enough to know how God did finally overcome this opposition, how he absolutely ensured that we will be home with him eternally as the people hoped back then. And of course, we turn to Jesus. That's our uh, second point in the the sheets much more quickly. We mentioned um, earlier how um, spiritual opposition was something that Jesus experienced. He saw it. He experienced it in its full power. Betrayal, a sham court, lies, accusations from hateful men, beating, crucifixion. Jesus can empathize with the church, with his people. God can. He too was persecuted and killed. And it looked like Satan won. It looked like the car crash was as bad as it looked. It looked like the raging waters had gone over him. Yet, and this is great, this was not defeat to the deadly opposition, but it was victory. That's amazing how topsy-turvy the gospel is. Jesus' death, Apparently, succumbing succumbing to persecution, deadly opposition, both spiritual and physical, looks like a loss, but it's not. It's a win. How is that so? How can that be? Well, Paul writes to the Colossian church about this very moment, and he says, you who were dead in your trespasses, God made alive together with him by cancelling the record of debt That stood against us with its legal demands. He set that aside, nailing it to the cross. Here's a big um, point that Paul is making. He disarmed the rulers and authorities, spiritual rulers and authorities, and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. The cross is triumph over spiritual rulers. And authorities It's everything that Satan did not want. Instead of eternal separation, we have eternal union. Death does not have a claim on the believer. We have been made alive. The thing that caused us death and separation, that debt of sin, it was dealt with. It was nailed to Jesus on the cross. In him, our debt is canceled and we are alive. It's amazing. It looked like Jesus was Abandoned by God. It looked like God was not on his side. But no, he was on his side. He brought him home in an extraordinary way. Through death to eternal life. And that means that death has meant that all of us, if united with him, will be brought home in the same way. Through death to eternal life. I mean, that's incredible. That's the extent to which the faithfulness of God will go. The magnitude of his commitment. He will get his people home. There is nothing anyone can do to stop that. And so all of us, in every local expression of God's church, God's people, anywhere in the world, no matter what the earthly situation is like, even a physical threat, is carried out to completion. Even if the church is persecuted and the Christian dies, the spiritual opposition behind it has not won. Satan still loses because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Eternal life is secure. And so we can sing with David along with his deep hopes. We can sing with the people of God along with their deep Hopes, verses 6 and 7. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us us prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Spiritual opposition, Satan, death, has no claim over us. The journey is Secure, And so we know what Peter writes at the end of his letter. is true that God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. The church could have been Crushed, God's people could have been swallowed up. Could have been crushed by the waves. The hatefulness of men, the opposition of Satan, the power of sin. It could have destroyed us. The church and its witness could have been snuffed out. We never would have made it home to be with the Lord. That could have happened except for one amazing truth. He's on our side. This isn't just any God. This is Yahweh, the maker of heaven and earth. Help from him is secure. There is no one better to have on your side. Trust him. Sing to him. He is your savior. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let the church now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. But no, blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth, nor the people, nor the lion Satan. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And that is a wonderful song to be able to sing on this journey home. Let me pray for us as we finish. Father, we are so grateful to you for your faithfulness to us. You are on our side. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who is to charge? Who is to condemn? Who shall separate? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger... Sword, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Father, would we know these words to be true? Would we sing this psalm joyfully? Our maker is on our side and he will bring us to journey's end. We long for that day, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.